0: locked on blackhawks your daily podcast on the chicago blackhawks part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Welcome in to another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks and Lockdown Kings, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Just quickly wanted to say thank you to everyone out there make for making the show your first listen here to start off your day. And a reminder that you can find both Locked On Blackhawks. Blackhawks and the Lockdown Kings 100% for free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to go and show some support. We would greatly appreciate it. Uh, subscribe to YouTube if you haven't done so already. Follow, again, 100% for free wherever you get your podcasts. I'm the host of Locked On Blackhawks, Jack Bushman, joined by Eddie Garcia of Locked On Kings, ahead of the matchup later this evening between the Blackhawks and Kings at the United Center. Eddie, how you doing, man? How's the start of the season been treating you out out west?
1: Uh, doing good. It's been an interesting season so far. Um, it's been an interesting start to the season in the NHL uh, so far, and and certainly the Blackhawks are a part of that. So, I'm not sure I've got a a good handle on anything that's going on in hockey at the moment, but it is uh, fun to watch, and it's been interesting to talk about for sure. So it's been a little bit of an up-and-down season for the Kings so far.
0: Yeah, it's been a bizarre start for numerous teams across the NHL. There's always a lot of unpredictability. Uh, But let's get into the Kings' kind of up-and-down start that you just referenced. I noticed they're 6-6 and of their first 12 games coming into tonight. Seems like, uh, you know, it's been a win and a loss kind of like they've had their ups and downs what's gone well for the Kings in their victories and what what's kind of uh, plagued them or hurt them in, in some of those losses so far
1: well early in the season uh I think there were a lot of things you could chalk up to it being early in the season um, even though a lot of these guys have pretty much played together there were some players that are taking on bigger roles a guy like a Gabe Velarde, Quentin Byfield uh, obviously, Kevin Fiala is a brand new player. Drew Doughty was coming back after missing most of the season. So even though they're they're guys that have played together, uh, they didn't play together that much last year maybe. And so there were some things early on that were some issues. Um, there were some bad line changes. There were some bad penalties being taken. Um, and just some bad defensive coverage. Um, and some not-so-great goaltending, at least from one of their goaltenders, Cal Peterson. So... Things are looking a little bit better of late. They did lose um, on Wednesday, uh, or excuse me, on Tuesday, uh, to the Dallas Stars on back-to-back nights. That was following a dominant win in St. Louis. So, even recently, that's kind of a little bit of a glimpse into the Kings. They, as you mentioned, they they take a step forward. And then maybe another step and then take like a half step back. And then it's, it's been, uh, you don't know what you're going to get on a night to night basis from the Kings. And obviously that's not what you're looking for going forward. You can still chalk it up to being early in the season, but at some point it's not early anymore, right? You, 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 you can only use that excuse for so long. I think it's getting to the point for Kings fans where it's like, okay, let's start to figure this out because if we go the full season like this, um, it probably not is going to end up where we want it to.
0: And you just referenced kind of some shaky goaltending play from from Cal Peterson. I noticed when uh, looking at some of the numbers, they don't look good for Peterson or Jonathan Quick here thus far. Is that uh, mostly on them or has it been an issue defensively for this team through the first 12 games? What's kind of been the problem there?
1: Yeah, I think it's, look, neither one of those goaltenders are elite goaltenders by any stretch. I know Jonathan Quick is a future Hall of Famer. Um, but he's obviously on the downside. He he's a guy who's gonna battle every night and it's gonna give you everything he has. But he's a you know C plus B minus at goalie at best at this point. Um, but he's been the best option for the Kings. There's no doubt about it. You know, um going into last season, um, there was a hope that it would be kind of a shared net, and they tried that for a while, but Cal Peterson just didn't get the job done, especially late in the year. And at the end of the year, it was completely Jonathan Quick's job. Um, they wanted that same kind of situation going into this season. Cal Peterson got a little bit dinged up in the preseason, didn't get quite the work in that he wanted, and then he's gotten off to a rough start to start the season. He's trying to figure things out. He actually didn't play that bad of a game in Dallas on Tuesday, even though he allowed five goals. It was more on the defense. So I would say overall the goaltending has been not up to par, but I think the defense has been the bigger issue. I think the team defense for the Kings, which is what they were really good at last year, hasn't been there. And the offense has been a lot better than last year. So I think offensively, the power play is a little bit better. That's what we were expecting. But we thought as Kings fans, the defense would would be there. That was there last year, and so far it hasn't been. But the goaltending, it's um, a work in progress.
0: Yeah, the defense really last year was, I, I felt, at least from an outsider perspective, what really carried the Kings into the playoffs and gave the Edmonton Oilers a heck of a run in that first round series. Uh, You just mentioned the offense has been looking really good here to open up the season. Coming into this matchup, they're eighth in the NHL in goals per game. Talk to me about what's gone well for this offense so far, and also what forward combinations can us Blackhawks fans expect to see tonight at the United Center?
1: Well, they have, Kings have actually made a change to their top line um, going into the season. We all expected it to be Adrian Kempe, Andre Kopitar, and the new addition, Kevin Fiala. And it was that for most of the season. But lately, uh, they have actually, I don't know if you want to call it a demotion um, or if you want to call it just the reality of the situation with Gabe Velarde. I don't know if uh, how many Blackhawks fans are familiar with him. Former first-round pick, a guy who's had some injury issues. Um, I thought this year was a big crossroads season for him. They signed him to a one-year deal in the offseason. He's made a transition from center to wing, and he has exploded on the scene this year. Um, he's got eight goals on the season. Uh, and uh, you know, going into last night's uh, Tuesday night's game, he was one behind Connor McDavid for the NHL goal-scoring lead. So he's been moved up to the top line because he's playing so well. Um, and so they've moved Kevin Fiala down to the third line Um, but he's actually excelled at that. Um, He's really taken off since he's been moved down to the third line. I don't know if it's more of a situation where he feels like I'm the number one option on the third line, whereas on the top line he was kind of sharing that duties or maybe being a little bit more unselfish. I don't know what it is, but he's really taken to that third line role and has really been playing well. So a new first line for the Kings uh, with Gabe Velarde having a great season and then Kevin Fiala shifting down to the third line and actually doing pretty well there as well.
0: And then the last question I have for you is I got to talk to you or ask you about some of the top end young talent that the Kings now have on their NHL roster. Of course, Quentin Byfield's there. Brant Clark has made the NHL team and he's going to stay up, correct?
1: Uh, It looks like it. They haven't officially made the announcement, but if he's in the lineup against you guys, that's 10 (laughs) games and he's staying up.
0: Yeah. Um, And then there's Kaliev. There's also Alex Turcotte, who, of course, the Blackhawks potentially could have picked with the third overall selection back in 2019. Uh, Talk to me about these, this next wave of Kings players, because it it feels like they're a team who they still, they have some guys who are obviously cemented here already and, and still some of the veterans too, but they also have one of the better prospect pools in the NHL. Talk to me about how those young players have fared so far this season. And then also for Alex Turcotte, more of a bigger spectrum. How have you felt about him as a prospect so far? I know he hasn't really done much at the NHL yet. Talk to me about how his progression's been.
1: Well, I'll start with Alex. It's been one disappointment after another because of his health, and he's had multiple concussions. He had two last year playing in the AHL, and he has not been able to do anything at the development level this off season. Um, he was on the initial roster for rookie camp, and we were all very excited, thinking, "Oh, good." He failed his physical, didn't take part in training camp, is not playing right now in the AHL. So it's really unfortunate for a very talented young man who just can't get on the ice because of concussions. And with those things, you don't, I mean, there have been players who, you know, you get one and you're able to come back in a few weeks and and you can and you keep playing. And then there's other, other players, you get one or two and you're out for months and months. And so he's completely in limbo at this point we're just keeping our fingers crossed he can just get on the ice and then see what he can do. But at this point, I I think you honestly have to wonder if he's ever going to be able to have a career. I mean, he certainly isn't given any indications that he's not going to try and resume his career. But like I said, he's had no hockey activity all summer and there's no indication it's going to start anytime soon. So it's completely uh, up in the air with him, which is too bad. Cause he's a really talented young player, but um, Quentin Byfield uh, is actually did not make the road trip. He has an illness. Uh, so he will not be in Chicago unless something changes that I don't know about, but he did not play in Dallas or in St. Louis. And, and again, he didn't make the trip. Um, and I think the way Rasmus Kupari, a young player they've, they've called up has been playing in his place on the third line at center. They might want to let him just go ahead and get fully healed up because Kupari actually has been playing really well of late. Uh, but Quentin Byfield, um, I, I think, I talked about Gabe Velarde and I think there's some couple of examples with the Kings prospects that I think Kings fans should go ahead and just maybe be on the patient side. Um, Adrian Kempe was a guy that took a couple extra years before he finally exploded last season. Gabe Velarde appears to be on that same track. There were a lot of Kings fans saying this guy's a bust. He's never going to be anything Well, he's burst onto the scene this year. So I think Kings fans should keep that in mind when they try and look and critique Quentin Byfield. It might take a little bit longer than you want. And I know he was the second overall pick. And I know Tim Stutzla, who was taken after him in Ottawa, is having a great start to his career. But just remember, maybe it takes a little bit longer for some guys. And we've seen two great examples of it with Adrian Kempé and so far with Gabe Velarde. So Quentin Byfield might take a little bit longer um, than Kings fans want, but I think they should be a little bit more patient. Uh, You mentioned Arthur Kaliev. Um, He's um, not quite the superstar prospect, but he has an above average NHL shot and he's playing as kind of the primary offensive weapon on the second power play unit. Great shot. Um, he's a guy, when he gets it, he's going to shoot it. And uh, he's he's a pretty good looking prospect as well.
0: Well, us Blackhawks fans, or at least I hope the Blackhawks fans out there listening, will understand that patient approach that you just preached, because it's something that's kind of, I feel like, hurt this team and uh, kind of the stigma around some of their prospects in the last few years because they didn't burst out as a 19-year-old and become studs. and. I, I hate that about prospects and how fans expect them to just jump on the scene and everybody to make an impact right away. It's just not realistic. And sometimes you got to keep in mind that other players develop at different rates and good things can happen if you keep that patient approach. So hope all the Blackhawks fans out there listening to that uh, take it to heart. We certainly know what that feels like. Um, well, thank you Eddie so much for all that insight on the Kings ahead of this matchup, man, coming up in just a second. I will turn it over to you to ask me some questions about the Chicago Blackhawks. But first, I got to talk to all the listeners out there about Bet Online. Bet Online is the number one source for all pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. You can find all of the latest developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts on whatever game you want to place a wager on. Bet Online is also your continued source for all sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and game scores. It's both the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including the MLB, NHL, NBA, boxing, UFC, and even golf. So head on over to the website right now, or you can also use your mobile device to learn more about all of the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, back here for segment two of today's show. Turning it over to Eddie to ask me some questions about the Chicago Blackhawks. Floor is yours.
1: Well, I mean, I think the obvious question is, uh, the Blackhawks are a lot more competitive than they thought we thought we, they would be. I mean, we've seen some of the teams that are quote unquote in the full rebuild. Arizona, you know, is having their tough times, but Montreal actually is being competitive as well. Um, but I, I, I said in the offseason when when talking to some friends about the Blackhawks, I'll give them credit. They're going full in on the uh on the rebuild. They're blowing it up, and then some. Uh, so I guess the first question is. How are the Blackhawks being so competitive at this point?
0: Yeah, it looked like heading into the season on paper, they just weren't going to be able to compete or or keep up with, especially some of the premier teams in the NHL, but they've done the exact opposite through their first 10 games. Every night they've been competitive. Like they've lost four in a row here, Eddie. They started off 4-2-0 through their first six. They've now dropped four consecutive games they've all been essentially one-goal games. They lost 6-5 to five to the Edmonton Oilers last week, two games over the weekend in overtime to the Buffalo Sabres in the Minnesota Wild, and then essentially had a one-goal game on Tuesday against the New York Islanders until they hit the empty net. So some good teams in there, and the Blackhawks have hung right in there with them. And I really gotta give a lot of credit to Blackhawks head coach Luke Richardson. I think everyone's thrilled with the job that he's done in his first 10 games as an NHL head coach. Uh the players seem to be responding well to everything that he preaches. And, you know, heading into this year, we heard a ton of good things, only good things really about Luke Richardson from Montreal Canadiens fans, where he was an assistant coach before this, or um former players who had played with Luke Richardson and um we only heard good things about him, and I have no bad things to say thus far. He, he's pushed all the right buttons. Uh, the structure that he's gone with defensively, the Blackhawks, they're not a strong team on defense, especially now with their anchor Seth Jones being out for three to four weeks due to a thumb injury, which is a really costly blow. Um, but they still have they're, – they're not playing perfect hockey. They're still their blunders, but it's not – tumbleweeding the wrong way like it did last year. And it seems like they've responded well whenever they faced adversity. And during their winning streak, when they won four games in a row prior to this losing skid, they were again in a lot of close games. And in the third period, that's when they were playing their best hockey. And that's what was leading to them coming away with two points. So the energy and the intensity, it's been there every night. And that's definitely a mentality that us Blackhawks fans can get behind. We know... The losses, it's probably going to look more like it is now than it was to open up the season. Uh, the losses are, are going to come, especially with this team being so thin. Both their NHL goalies are hurt right now, too. Uh, but we can live with the result if the effort is there night in and night out. And it's been through the first 10 games, so I have no reason not to be ecstatic. I, I would not have guessed that the Blackhawks would be 4-4-2 and through their first 10 games and have the same record as the Toronto Maple Leafs, Eddie.
1: Well, I'm sure the Maple Leafs fans would agree with that as well. I had to uh, throw
0: that little jab in there.
1: It's, uh, it's hard not to, let's be That's honest. Uh, so I, I have to ask you this. Uh, do you think the organization is excited about the way things have gone so far? Because, you know, no teams are going to admit they're trying to lose. But based on the moves they've made, they're not looking to be competitive at this point. They're looking to not do well and to be able to get uh, draft picks and obviously draft picks in a very high position uh, so do you think that the organization is actually uh, okay with the way this thing started are they like what's going on here <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sure it's it's having GM Kyle Davidson a little bit torn uh, one thing that probably is making it a little bit easier for him is again I just reference all the good stuff about Luke Richardson we're only 10 games into his tenure as head coach but It feels like he he's the right guy for at least this job right now, and the players all have only said good things. Max Domi, this is something I've talked about a lot on my show. Max Domi talked about how this was the most fun training camp of his entire life, and I was like, really? This Chicago Blackhawks team that's not going to come close to sniffing the playoff. This is the most fun you're having in training camp. Uh, But we've heard that from Tyler Johnson, Patrick Kane, and Jonathan Taves have said good things about Richardson. So I feel like Kyle Davidson, knowing that. It sure looks like he made the right decision with the head coach. That might make it a little bit easier and um, might might make it more acceptable here, but it, it's it's odd for sure. I, I feel like things are definitely going to flatten themselves out. The Blackhawks are going to drop as we've seen them do for the past week or so now. One thing I will say that's working in their favor, though, is they already have two first-round picks, two second-round picks in each of the next two NHL drafts. and. Guy like Andreas Athanasiou, Max Domi, I don't know if they're going to command those high of picks, but there's an opportunity for not just those two, but a lot of these guys on the Blackhawks roster to be moved. If they're willing to trade Alex to it, there's going to be guys that they're going to be pushing out. Uh, and then there's obviously the two big ones, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. If the Blackhawks do decide to part ways with them or... I guess it's more so going to be Kane and Taves deciding to part ways with the Blackhawks. Doesn't sound like the front office is going to ask them to waive their no movement clauses. It's fully going to be those two's decision, but the way Jonathan Taves has been playing so far this year, he's got six goals in his first 10 games, six game point streak right now, winning over 60% of his face-offs. He's been tremendous. I don't know what the trade value is going to be for him, but you got to think if Patrick Kane's getting moved, he's going to get a pretty hefty return. So one way or the other, the Blackhawks are going to be loading up on draft capital here in the next few years. Would it be amazing to go and add a franchise altering player like Connor Bedard or Adam Fantilli, who's lighting it up for Michigan so far as a freshman. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's still the goal. And I think it's going to be a goal regardless because of how the Blackhawks are going to ship pieces away at the deadline. And the team's going to be even worse in the second half. Um, But it's it's tough. Like you you never can complain about winning, especially with a team that hasn't done a whole lot of that the past four seasons. I'm never going to complain about winning, but it definitely if this continues for another 10, 15 games, I think there is start of like a more serious conversation and a more serious thought being on Kyle Davidson's mind about that topic.
1: So I assume that Kane and Taves are saying all the right things at this point, but uh, what's your feeling about if the season goes along and the Blackhawks kind of end up where we think they will, at what point will those guys say, you know what? I'd like to, I'd like to say, uh, uh, I'd like to see a new team. I'd like to, I'd like to go somewhere and play some meaningful games.
0: Yeah. It's been a lot of hockey talk so far throughout mm-hmm. the season. A lot. Of, I'm just focused on being here right here, right now, trying to win games for this team, play at my best. They haven't said anything. And it, it sounds like, again, the Blackhawks aren't going to be the ones initiating that conversation. Sounds like Kane and Taves, whatever they want to do, the Blackhawks are going to abide by, which it makes sense. They've done, you know, they're franchise icons forever. And um, they've what they've done for this city, you know, they'll go down in history. So they deserve that respect. Uh, the one thing I do feel like, though, is – Again, especially if the Blackhawks aren't as bad as we all expected them to be, I feel like there is going to be at some point. There's going to be some pressure on the front office to come up with a decision, and I feel like more so than not, it's going to be to trade them because of the opportunity to get something in return and help that future wave. And that's really what this rebuild is about: is building back better for the next four, five, six years. And Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves just don't really fit into that. As much as everyone in Chicago would love to have them around forever, it's just really gonna to be tough. And I doubt the Blackhawks are gonna to wanna to pay them a premium. Like I feel like both guys would have to take at least a little bit of a discount. No way Jonathan Taves is gonna be making 10.5 million dollars again. So th- there's just a whole lot of things that that lead me to believe these two will be traded come deadline time. The wanting to go and uh, win or at least have an opportunity to win somewhere else again it looks like they're not going to be at least given that opportunity with the Blackhawks for a handful of years so I feel like the fiery competitor in them is at the end of the day going to trump anything else and they haven't come close to even sniffing a Stanley Cup since 2015 it's been a long time seven years now and Uh, unfortunately the Blackhawks weren't, weren't able to keep it together long enough for them. They did their parts and I wouldn't blame them if they wanted to go elsewhere. They have earned the right to do whatever they want to do as tough as that may be. And to me, it feels like that's going to be, uh, asking the Blackhawks to move them. But again, this is just a a shot in the dark. I'm, I'm completely guessing here. We don't have any updates from them and I don't think we'll have any till probably January or, or February at the very earliest, Eddie.
1: Uh, real quick, is there any rumors? Is uh, Patrick Kane maybe looking to go back to a team like Buffalo? Obviously, he's from there. They're a team that's kind of on the rise, maybe looking for a veteran leader to come in and uh, help them get them, a, uh, push them across the finish line a little bit. They're off to a good start. Is that a rumor out there people have mentioned?
0: You know, I haven't heard anything too concrete, but obviously the Buffalo connections are there with Kaner being from there. Um, and I think if if that team, I will say, if, The Kane to Buffalo rumors, I personally feel like that's only going to be serious if Buffalo shows they can take like, I don't want to say a massive step this year, but clearly they're heading in the right direction and they've looked good early on. I just feel like he wouldn't go there unless he's guaranteed to have an opportunity to win. And I feel like they're still a little early Mm -hmm. on in that process right now. So I've always, you know, taken the Patrick Kane to Buffalo rumors with a grain of salt. I don't even know if he'd want to go back there um there was a lot of stuff that uh happened to him in buffalo when he was a young man that didn't do him or his reputation very good so he kind of has an interesting relationship with buffalo so i I don't know about that the one team that's always made the most sense to me would be the new york rangers if they would be able to make it work reuniting him and artemi panera and i think would be absolute magic and it's a shame that they only got to play two seasons together i believe it was that feels like the best spot, but there's a lot that's going to go into it. The financials, Kane having the no movement clause and having the final say at the end of the day, the Blackhawks are going to have to be accepting the return. It's going to have to be good enough. There's a lot that's going to go into it. So there's really nothing simple about this matter, Eddie, but we we really have no idea at this point and just kind of got to see how it unfolds uh, later on in the year. Fair enough. All right, you ready to get into segment three, some keys to victory and predictions for tonight's matchup? Absolutely. All right, what do you got for the Los Angeles Kings? We've already talked about an up and down six and six start. They've had some good wins, haven't been able to string much together so far. What are some keys for the Kings to come into the United Center and come away with two points tonight?
1: Uh, I think one thing is get off to a good start. Uh, Believe it or not, they have had four games this year where they have allowed the first goal be scored on the first shot by the opposition. Um, and it almost happened again the other day as well. Um, so I don't know. And there've been games where they've dominated the first period and then they've allowed the first goal, the other team first shot goal. Uh, Detroit did it. Nashville did it. Pittsburgh did it. Um, I'm trying to think there was another way. It's, it's unbelievable. So, uh, and it's obviously very deflating, especially when you're playing better than the other team. And then you look up at the scoreboard and you're trailing. So, I would say one key for the Kings, get off to a good start. Don't allow an early goal. Um, get the special teams working. Um, the, the power play has looked a lot better. Uh, the puck movement that they have this season compared to last season on both the first and the second units have been much better. So special teams, uh, as far as the power play, get that. If they can get that going early, that would be a, a plus as well. Um I would say also just the defensive coverage all the way around, you know, not giving up odd man rushes, not giving up breakaways, obviously uh, not putting your goaltender in a bad situation. So I think a good early start for the Kings, if they can get a special teams goal, that would help as well. Kind of get them to the rhythm of things. Uh, And uh, yeah, just, just good, solid defensive hockey. If the, if the Blackhawks score a goal because, you know, they made a great play uh, or maybe some puck luck, whatever, fine, but just don't give up glaring odd man rushes and breakaways and things where you're making it easier on your opponent
0: i listen i thought the blackhawks had some issues with their starts they've only scored the first goal twice through their first 10 games but four times on the first shot that's got to be some record of some sort i don't know if i've heard about that that's insane
1: yeah no it's uh it's unbelievable really that 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 would be the case but uh (laughs) I don't know what the record is but I don't I don't think I want to know what the record is because I'm afraid the Kings they got a lot of hockey (laughs) for that to happen uh, a few more times this season
0: out of sight out of mind we won't talk about it any longer Uh, my keys for the Blackhawks tomorrow night it looks like Arvid Soderblom is going to be making uh, his fourth career NHL start the Blackhawks are super banged up not even at just the NHL level as an organization in net right now. They're down Peter Morazic and Alex Staylock in the NHL level right now. And their backup at the AHL level got injured over the weekend too. So the Blackhawks oh. were actually forced to sign like their fifth or sixth string goaltender to an NHL deal because they're so limited right now. Looks like they're going to be leaning on Arvid Soderblom for these next few games and He's looked good for the most part. I've been really impressed with what he's been able to do at a young age, Uh, but I think it's a a really big key for the Blackhawks defense to tighten down the hatchet in front of them. I thought they did a really solid job of that against the New York Islanders on Tuesday when Soderblom had to come in for Staylock in relief. He only faced four or five really dangerous chances from the Islanders, If the Blackhawks can limit the Kings offensively, make life easier on their young netminder, I think that goes a long way for them ending their current losing skid. I also think it's really key for the Blackhawks for what's going well right now to stay hot. The second line of Philip Kershev, Jonathan Taves, Taylor Radish has been phenomenal this year. I mentioned earlier Jonathan Taves leads the Blackhawks with six goals. He's got points in six consecutive games. He's being dominant at the faceoff dot. His line's playing with the puck a ton in the off offensive zone, keep that line going. Uh, it's been really big for the Blackhawks offense this year. They only scored six goals in six preseason games, Eddie. Somehow uh, they've been finding ways to score four or five a night to open up the year. So that's been a big part of it. And then also the power play has been tremendous. I don't know what got into them. It's been years since the Blackhawks have had a power play. Move the puck well, I think is is the biggest thing. We've had power play success, but the way this Blackhawks team is moving the puck on the power play has been really impressive. They struggled a bit on Tuesday against the Islanders, but to be fair, the Isles had only given up one shorthanded goal in their first nine games coming into that one, and the Blackhawks still found a way uh, to get one with the man advantage. So hopefully they can do that again here tonight because the power play and that secondary scoring has really helped this team stay competitive in some of these games to open up the year. So that's what I'm looking for out of the Blackhawks in this matchup tonight. Eddie, last thing before we get on out of here, what's your prediction for this one? Who you got and what's the final score?
1: Well, like I said, the Kings have been pretty up and down. So they were down against Dallas. So I'm going to predict they go up against Chicago. I'm going to say uh, Kings win this one four to two.
0: I would not be shocked if the Blackhawks continue this losing skid. Look, they played good hockey, and I give them a ton of credit, but they are pushed. As thin as it is right now, they're without their top defenseman, Seth Jones. I mean, Jack Johnson is leading the Blackhawks in time on ice right now when he's been down, and it's not a recipe for success. We got some youngsters on the blue line, too. Uh, I know it's been a bit of a shaky start for the Kings, but I still believe this is uh, a really intriguing and still playoff-caliber team. I'm really intrigued by the Kings' youth that they have coming up and the future of what this team could be. I always. I'm jealous and envious of those teams that find a way to stay competitive. Yet I, I know it's been there were a couple tough years there for the Kings, but uh now it seems like they found a way to be competitive and are still having some guys just step onto the scene. So that's where the Blackhawks hope to be in a couple of years Eddie, but I'm going with the Kings in this one. I think it's going to be a little bit more low scoring. I'm going out of the blue. Blackhawks have had a, hot, a lot of high scoring games. I just don't think that's going to keep up. I'm going 3 to 1 Los Angeles in this one. Unfortunately, the Blackhawks lose five in a row, but they stay competitive. And again, we may not want the wins. Us Blackhawks fans might want them to start losing. I don't know. It's a really wild and wonky already. Yeah. Um. That's just hockey. That's just how it is sometimes. But uh, looking forward to this matchup again. Uh, the first of I think the Blackhawks. Yeah, they play the Kings twice here in a week. They'll be in Los Angeles next Thursday to start a West Coast road trip. So. Uh, I'll message you, maybe we can get together if you've got the time for it, but I appreciate you coming on the show tonight ahead of this matchup, man. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, always great to talk to you. Uh, I know we talked earlier about Andreas Anthony you in the off season. He had an amazing goal the other day. I I thought of you when I saw that goal. I was like, I've told you, he's exciting. Uh, He can be, he's not that consistent, but he's exciting at times. That was, that move, Uh, wow, that was one of the better ones of his career. But uh, it's always fun when the Blackhawks and Kings get together. Obviously there's some history there in the recent past and to see those two jerseys out on the ice together is always kind of fun. So looking forward to it.
0: Absolutely. And before we go real quick, it, it's hilarious how on par you've been with Andreas Athanasiou to see you through this start. There are moments where, yeah, he'll score that goal and you're like, uh-huh. Uh, we we know what he can do. He's a special player. And then there's nights where he literally looks like he's the worst guy out on the ice and can't make a pass. And you're like, dude, what did you what would you have to eat pregame? It's just been funny the roller coaster ride that he that he's had. It was uh, a perfect projection, I will say, when we spoke over the summer.
1: Yeah, uh, like I said, that was an elite move. That's you don't see a lot of guys make that move. If he could do that consistently, he'd be a very rich man. Uh, but that's the problem. <laughs> but he is still fun to watch. Every once in a while, he'll do something that really wows you.
0: No doubt about it. The speed is always fun to watch. Uh, well, I think that is going to wrap up today's episode of lockdown Blackhawks and lockdown Kings. Again, thank you to everyone out there for making the show your first listen here to start your day. Now for your second listen, be sure to go and check out game to game NHL, every moment, every top performance, every result locked on game to game covers every game across the NHL with local analysis that only locked on can deliver. Follow, game-to-game on Lockdown NHL. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.